other agents will pay attention to things like that. Right. Like to me, that agent's not going to make it. You know, so whenever seasoned agents will work with an agent and see how they conduct themselves, that's how we'll be like, holy cow, that one's going to be really good. Yeah. Holy cow, that one. You'll be one of the 84% that don't make it in 12 months. All right. Welcome to On the Real Estate, a show for real estate agents at any level, buyers, sellers, or anyone interested in this crazy real estate market. I'm your host for today, Jason Gillikin, CEO of EarFluence. And with me, as always, is Kelly Dubois, Managing Partner at Adcock Real Estate Services. What's going on, Kelly? Hi, Jason. Um, a lot's going on. A lot. We've been busy. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I hear you have a, a new can't believe or can't make this shit up story. I do. It's brand new, like this morning. So excited to, to hear that. Let's, um, I want to get in today on a specific topic. So you came on for the first episode, kind of heard your journey of how you grew into be a real estate agent and some of the mistakes that real estate agents are, are making. But let's dig a little bit further. I want to know top 10% real estate agents. What are they doing differently than the average, than the mediocre? How do they make those six figures, high six figures? How can they be the top producers? So you've seen a lot of agents do really well. And so I want to know from you, what are they doing to, to make sure that they're better than their competition? How do you separate yourself from yeah. the badass to the average? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, honestly, it sounds so cliche, but it's, it's hard work. It, it really is. How much work are you going to put in? And the, the hustlers, the badass, the top producing, the ones that you're going to constantly see their names over and over again, they work a lot. They're not working you know, the 25 hours, you know, a week or on average, I guess they're not doing the average 40 hours. They're putting in a lot more than 40 hours a week. You're on an average week. I'm probably putting in about 60, not to say I'm one of the badass agents, but I, I'm, I'm a higher producing agent. So, and to maintain that, that's the hard part is the constant maintenance. So I guess what separates you is to constantly remember you have to keep putting that time in. You have to keep moving. You have to keep branding yourself. You have to keep marketing. You have to keep, you know, staying connected with your community. You have to constantly be. Yeah. When you're interviewing agents um, to come work for, for Adcock, what are your expectations of them? Are you expecting them to do you know, 60 hours a, a week. Is it okay if they do 20 hours a week, if they're putting up numbers or is it not really what you're looking for? This might sound bad, but I've just heard this question for the first time here. So it kind of caught me a little bit off guard. And my honest answer is what are my expectations for this agent? I don't have any expectations for you. What are your expectations? Mm. Uh, I'm not here to micromanage and I already have four children and a husband. So I'm not looking for anybody else that I need to, you know, constantly stay on, right? Yeah. My plate's full with that. My my job is to talk to the agent and hear what their expectations are and then help them reach reach those goals. Yeah. But I I'm not a micromanager. I hate to be micromanaged. I to me it just reminds me of being bossed around and told what to do and I don't I have issues with that one. I don't know where it stems, but I don't like it. So I tend not to do it to anybody else. And I guess that's the thing also whenever you are a real estate agent, as we've we've discussed previously, 
you are your own brand in a sense. You're your own employee in a sense. So where do you want to be? Yeah. What do you want? What are, what are your goals? Do you want 10 closings? Do you want 50 closings? To Where do you want to be? Yeah. And that's the thing, right? For anybody listening to this, watching this, it, if they're listening to this and they're, they want to know, how do I be in the top 10%? Of, of real estate agents. Hard work. Yeah. I mean, really hard work. constantly, constantly being, um, talking to people and, and being in people's minds, Yeah, you know, and, and then once you're there, then you're going to start producing those numbers. Then you're going to be the first ones that they're going to think of. Um, but it sounds really silly also, but I, I, I tell and encourage our agents be involved in your community because you want to be at the top of everybody's mind, not just your circle, not just your family and friends, right? Because the average person lives in a house for three to five years, okay? So you're going to eventually run out of friend, family and friends that are going to be <laughs> able to support your career. Yeah. So you're going to have to branch out. So what are you going to do to branch out to now be the top of the mind for everybody else? And um, being involved in your community or finding that little pocket of, of where you can find a place to market yourself is really important. What does that mean being involved in the community? I mean, I know, I know in general what it means, but are we talking about chamber events? Are we talking about chamber events are great. We belong to a, we belong to, I think we belong to six chamber of commerces. Yeah. Our firm. Um, now I don't go to all six chamber commerces because I don't care to work in certain, certain areas. Right. Yeah. I, ca I care to work in an area I'm comfortable in. I, you know, so that's important to me, but it is really important to be involved in your chamber because at chamber events, there are other business people. And though, you know, they might not know you right now, they they will begin to know you by going to those and hopefully you'll have, you know, things in common with them and people in common with them. Networking is so underestimated mm -hmm. in, in business. And that's really just what chamber events are, is networking. Right. And so are they, are top producers going a couple times a week or are they going a couple times a month? You know, for some of the chamber events I'll go to, I go to a lot of the um, Sanford Chamber of Commerce, but Chatham County has a great Chamber of Commerce too. Yeah. Um, and they do great like after hour events. They do young professionals, which I've kind of realized I'm no longer in the young professional. <laughs> Same. <laughs> So freaking rude. <laughs> they haven't asked me to leave. <laughs> like, oh, God. But I show up and I'm like, damn, they look like my kid. <laughs> but it is a really good place to kind of just go and find those different um, events. Those So multiple chamber events and find the ones that are the, the most speaking the most to you. Because if you want to be involved in something, you want to make sure that you enjoy what you're going to be involved in. Otherwise, you won't continue doing it. Yeah. So I sit on four nonprofits. It's not because I'm bored. Um, at first, whenever I started doing it, it, it really was to put myself out in the community. Mm -hmm. Now, I've stayed on those nonprofits because I genuinely do care about them. But I would have never stayed with any of those nonprofits if it was not something that I sat on that I didn't feel compelled with or I felt like it was a good organization. Yeah. You know, like, you know, I you have to connect to whatever you're doing, but being involved in your community is a great way to get your name out and to be an asset to it. You know, I always say personally, I can't sell a house if I can't sell the community. Oh, yeah. 
So if I want to sell the house in the community I specifically want to be a part of, then it really is part of my job, you know, to be part of that that change to see or or that continued growth in that community, I guess. Yeah, I love that. Give a shout out to the nonprofits. Who are you working with? I sit on Brick Capital, which is affordable housing. Very, I see the importance of that one. Yeah. So um, they help with getting people in homes, um, first-time homebuyer programs, and affordable housing for people, which is not the same as low income, um, but very important. Uh, Haven of Lee County, which is mm-hmm. domestic violence and sexual assault shelter and counseling, really um, another very important one. Yeah. Um, the Sanford Area Growth Alliance, which is promoting the growth in Sanford, North Carolina. Okay. Um, specifically with businesses and staying local, supporting local, shop local, all that important stuff to see a community thrive. And then um, I'm the Kiwanis of Lee County. Okay. So you've got your finger on the pulse of a lot of things. Yeah. 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 Oh, so smart. <laughs> and I don't want to say goodbye to any of them because I do genuinely love them all. It, it's just, it's extra work, but it's good work. Yeah. What else is valuable in terms of community? Um, churches, PTAs? Like, are yep. you? Okay. Yep. Yep. All of it. If you are a real estate agent and you have kids in school, every single teacher, janitor, admin, cafeteria worker should know that Bobby and Molly's mom is a real estate agent. Mm-hmm. And those are the most simple things that you can you can start marketing yourself to. I do like for teacher appreciations, I'll make little flyers. I always get permission from the school because I don't want to overstep. Uh, well, I just really, I don't care about overstepping, let's be honest. Um <laughs> I just don't want what I purchase or pay to print to get thrown out and then piss away $200. Right. So <laughs> I nicely let the ask the school if I can do this. But I um, make like little teacher appreciation cards. Like, thank mm-hmm. you for, you know, loving Rose and Luke or taking care of them, you know, educating them. Whatever I put on there, whatever's most likely whatever I find on Pinterest from some very creative person, I then mimic. Smart. And then I will put, you know, a little goodie or a treat or something in there with the additional of putting like, uh, I will put in there, I will give you $500 or $1,000 towards closing costs. And how am I able to do that? Easy. I take it out of my commission. Yeah. So if my commission is supposed to be 6000 or 9000 or whatever, it doesn't matter. I will give a portion of my closing cost to tour or my I will give a portion of my commission to their closing cost as a, a thank you. And they remember that. They that's really important. And they might not be looking for a house right then and there. And I don't, I'll even put on there no expiration. Because mm-hmm. it's not gonna expire. Even if, you know, five years down the line, you know. Luke and Rose are not at that school anymore. I'm most likely still going to need a commission check. Right. <laughs> and by me giving them a portion, that is important. One, I do think that teachers deserve it. And two, I think that it is a great market for me to advertise myself in because they see my face. I have a I have a shoe in in that door. Right. So if you have kids, I'm sure if unless you're homeschooling and if you're homeschooling, then Give yourself a teacher appreciation <laughs> gift. But also, if you're homeschooling, I'm not quite sure how you're successfully doing real estate. Right. <laughs> so, um, but 
there is another idea. Reach out to the homeschoolers. I just had that epiphany. Those poor homeschoolers need one need need a house that has a a bonus a room in it or a space. Yeah. So I mean, there's endless stuff. Same with people with churches. I know an agent who is a very successful agent because she is so involved in her church. Absolutely, advertise within your church. Lots of churches have bulletins. Just being there, socializing, talking to people. You want to be the first that pops up into people's minds in an, a specific niche. Yeah. So find it. If your kids play sports, if you play sports, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, adult kickball leagues and, you know, baseball leagues. If you go to a certain restaurant or, you know, a bar or something, advertise yourself in those places. Yeah. It's a wasted opportunity if you're not. Whew, this is great advice. Um, so community, uh, you've got chambers, you've got churches, you've got schools, you've got restaurants, maybe the pool, you know, as we yeah. get into summer, right? Yeah. Make sure your your face is seen uh, throughout. The, How the funny pool. would it be to do like a little campaign, like if you belong to like a summer summer one and be like, Hey, purchase a house with me so I can get lipo for next year. I'll put that money towards, <laughs> oh you know, I mean, just something to kind of put out there to, to, you know, I always joke around with my kids to go to a private school and I, I really wanted to take a bull board out and be like, Hey, if you're thinking about, about buying or selling, hire me so I can keep my kids in here next year, Yeah, you know, cause you're, <laughs> you're putting the money right back into the school for tuition, Yeah, but you're, you're advertising you're there. It's funny. It clicks. It clicks. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we've got two tips so far. Get involved with the local community yeah. and work hard. Yeah. Um, what else? What other tips? What what separates the top 10% agents from the average? Never make anything with your clients, buyers or sellers about you. Mm. It's not. Nothing is about you. you. You are hired by them. And I think that's really hard for a lot of people to understand. You work for them. You work for your client. You represent them. And the best thing you can do to represent them is keep yourself quiet and listen to what their wants and needs are. Yeah. Because you have to hear what they're saying. And if what they're saying is, this is our price point, this is our wants, this is our needs, and that you need to hear that so that you can navigate it. Now, so many times buyers do not end up with what they say they want. Mm -hmm. So again, not making it about you, you know, getting frustrated. And you can, you will get frustrated working with clients. Of course you will. But by paying attention and really making it about them, you're going to start hearing and seeing what they're wanting. And then you're going to quietly be able to come in and navigate it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I know you said that you want this open floor plan and you don't want any, you know, separate rooms or you just want one great big fl- flow, but there was something you didn't like about that last house. And I, I came across this one. Let's just go check it out. Now you are paying attention to what they said. You're showing them something different. Are they going to like it? Maybe. Are they going to love it? Maybe. They're going to hate it? Maybe. But at the end of the day, you're you're working for them to help navigate what they may feel like they need to end up with. You're you're that piece. You're working for them and not at all making it about you. People, yeah. agents are so quick to talk and make it all about them being the ones to find the house or think that they know more. You can't 
of course, you should know more about real estate, but you can't know more than what they want because it's their wants. Right. So just make it about them. So what does it look like when the, the agents make it about themselves? Is it bragging about past sales? Is it? Yeah, they don't care. I mean, yeah. they want to know that you're capable and competent enough to negotiate a deal for them, but they don't care, you know, what somebody else's slam dunk in their, in getting a house was or somebody else's horror story. I mean, you know, keep it about the clients and listening to what their wants and needs are because you're not, you're very rarely going to find clients that are going to be the same because mm -hmm. everybody's individual, right? So everybody has their own, own stuff, you know, but, and it's great for you to add value because it is your job to give them value. But sometimes people are just so quick to act like they are know-it-alls and everything. And at the end of the day, you don't know what they want. They don't know what they want. Yeah. Most people, when they start the home buying process, don't know what they want. So just let, let them figure it out by you showing them the things that they may want and may not want. Yep. And yes, it's time consuming. And that's where I think people get a little frustrated, but it's not about you. That's right. Um, are you familiar with StoryBrand uh, yeah. by Donald Miller? So uh, one of the concepts there is that the, the client needs to be the hero of their own journey. And it cannot be the service provider that's the hero. Like Nobody cares about that. The service provider is the Yoda that's kind of guiding them along the path. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't be the, the hero in this case. You've got to let your client have that hero's journey in finding the house. Yeah. But you're just the mere conduit for it. And that's, I love that. Yeah, and it's asking. It's all about asking the right questions. I think it was the the Sandler selling system. I've I've taken a, a class in the Sandler selling system a long time ago, and he was saying that something like seventy percent of what you're saying, or you should you should be talking about thirty percent of the time, and your your person you're talking to about seventy percent of the time, and what you're saying is asking questions rather than uh, talking about what you do. No, it's just showing what you know by asking the right questions. That's right. I mean, when I speak with my clients or whenever I'm talking, I'm usually making it, asking them questions about something, or I'm saying something usually to kind of help them feel a little bit more relaxed. Mm -hmm. Like if they're, if we're showing houses and they have kids running around, it's okay. You know, I'll get the kids and be like, let's, let's play outside or let's do something here so that they can relook at the kitchen, you know, or something along those lines. Like if I have to be a childcare provider at that, you know, for a few minutes of time so that they can recoup and get their mind together and not mm -hmm. worry about that, then that's my job. I'm a daycare worker at that moment. Yeah. You know, I don't care. It doesn't genuinely bother me if I have to be there, you know, for younger couples or it doesn't even matter how old they are, but their parents are there looking at a house mm -hmm. and, that's also stressful. You know, I will say the best advice for home buyers, look at a house by yourself if possible first. You know, mm -hmm. even with kids, it's hard, hard with, with kids. But, you know, kids are kids are excited all the time. And they'll go and run through a house and be like, this is my room. This is my room. And the parents don't even have a second to be like, I don't even like this room. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> they're too worried about what a kid is doing. Right. You know, or if you bring like in-laws or your own parents or you know, friends or whatever, everybody's going to add input. And at that moment, you should not worry about anybody else's input or hearing it because you want to find out if, first of all, you and who, if you like that house, it's your yeah. house. So, yeah. but whenever I am looking at houses with people, I genuinely will try and make that be so that they can walk through the house and imagine themselves in it 
So if there's anything that's taking away from their attention, which, you know, the kids, Mm -hmm. in-laws, family, friends, whatever, I will try and deal with them and take that away from, you know, that stress away from them. Yeah, that's a great tip. All right, so we've got three solid tips for uh, being a high-producing agent here. Let me ask you this, as a leader of agents, when you identify somebody where you're like, that person's going to be great. Yeah. How do you identify that and then guide them along the path of you're going to be great? Here's how. Well, they have to want to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's an agent, I think, in my office. I think she's great. But right now, she doesn't think she's great. Oh. So she has to figure out that she's great so yeah. that she can she can do this. Um, but I think the biggest thing to give anybody is to show them that you believe in them. Mm-hmm. If, you know, even if they don't at that moment believe in themselves, but if you, if you genuinely, like most agents that have been doing real estate long, long enough can identify when an agent really is going to be a good agent. You know, I'll talk to other agents, not even in my office, you know, we'll go to like real estate luncheons or something like that and be like, oh, I did a deal with so-and-so. Have you guys worked with this agent yet? Mm -hmm. No. Who's that agent? Brand new agent. You know, we'll, we'll. Agents have numbers, right? So uh-huh. the longer, so the new agents, I, I don't, I think they're up to like three, three, four or something. So okay. mine's like a three o two. It's a real, you know, now it's an old one. Sometimes you'll see, you'll see an agent. They're all six digit numbers, but there was one the other day that's like a nine eight seven. I'm like, ooh, that person's <laughs> been an agent forever. How are you still functioning and not crazy? <laughs> But so like agents will pay attention to to other real estate agents numbers. So, so the longer that you've kind of been an agent, you know, and, and 302 is not really an old number, you know, the twos, like the two eight, eight eights or the two whatevers, you know, the, the upper twos are the agents that I'll hear mostly, you know, talk about, but we were somewhere a couple of weeks ago, it was like an after hours networking event. And the number was like a three three four, and they're like, "Oh, did you guys work this this agent brand new three three four? And I was like, "No, I don't know that." And like, and the other agents, not in my office, but you know, higher producing agents were like, "That that's going to be a good agent. That agent is going to be, you know, mm. a high producing agent in the next three to five years." Mark my word. Yeah. So other agents can recognize it. Yeah. Um, it's usually how they conduct themselves. How. Are they going to be spastic during the deal if something goes wrong? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to handle it professionally? Are they going to be easy to communicate with? I got a new, I had an offer in this weekend. I had a new agent, a 333. So that's a new agent to uh-huh. me. And it was six o'clock at night. I'm literally trying to negotiate a deal. And she sent me an automatic reply. Like, you know how you put in those automatic yeah. text messages that I'm sorry, it's after six o'clock on Sunday and my work, work day will begin Monday at 9 a.m. <laughs> and you're trying to get a deal through. I was, I literally took a screenshot and sent it to like five other agents. I was like, what is this bullshit? Like, <laughs> who is this? What? Yeah. You know, that was, and it was like, I think I could tolerate it or even accept it if it were a more seasoned agent. But the arrogance of a brand new baby agent saying that was, that was a little much to me. I was, yeah. it was, I was a little frustrated for that agent, I would have issues with that if yeah. that was an agent in my office. <laughs> yeah, so, especially if it's your client. So agents, other agents will pay attention to things like that. Right. Like to me, that agent's not going to make it. Yeah. You're too new to think that you have hours. But, 
you know, so whenever seasoned agents will work with an agent and see how they conduct themselves, that's how we'll be like, holy cow, that one's going to be really good. Yeah. Or holy cow, that one, you'll be one of the 84% that don't make it in 12 months. Right. <laughs> What's it like to mentor a, a top producer? Um, exciting. It's fun. Yeah. It makes you realize like, oh, I love, like, this is good stuff. You yeah. Because they're, ex- they're so excited and it's contagious. Do you ever get in competition? Well, real estate agents are super competitive. I know. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. at my firm, we have a sticker. Um, we have a sticker system, and it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> we we do stickers right now. Our, our theme is Disney stickers. Uh-huh. So you have to pick a Disney character that you feel you identify most with. Who do you identify most with? Corilla DeVille. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> so... We have the same fondness of eating and wearing animals. I'm so sorry. I did not mean it. <laughs> but it was just funny because Corilla DeVille is just kind of this eccentric, crazy uh-huh. you know, agent. And I was like, oh, I like you know, her crazy, craziness. And I didn't want to be a princess because every other person mm-hmm. in my office was picking a princess. So I was like, I'm going to be a villain. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so I make this like whole it's, – it's this big vinyl I ordered of like little houses. There's like, you know, 500 houses in it. But every time you get a closing, you put a sticker over a house. Mm. So, and it's not the agent's name. You've you've come to find out who you're, who identifies with what Disney character this year and it'll change next year. But yeah, it's really, it's become really fun. fun. We did it last year too. I mean, it it gets at the end of the year, it gets really, really kind of almost like we'll hide people's stickers. (laughs) Like, it becomes a big deal. That's great. But, I mean, you've got to have that competitive nature. Yeah, to be a real Yeah, to be a successful Anything, to be anything in in, um, sales. sales. Yeah, you have to have that natural competition. For sure. And it's not like, I will say, I don't, I can't speak for anybody else. I would hope, from what I have observed, I don't think it really genuinely pisses anybody off or makes you angry. Mm -hmm. I think that we we do see it as like, you know, a fun competitive way to navigate, engage, yeah. especially whenever you have newer agents on there. Whenever you see a new agent of one or two years and they've got, you know, a good amount of stickers and you've been a seasoned agent for a moment and you you personally decide to take a, a little bit of time off or, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of recoup and get rid of some things and you start seeing other people's st- stickers, you're like, well, that's it. I'm getting back into the game. <laughs> I'm not going to let Cinderella beat me. <laughs> Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. <Dang it. laughs> so oh, awesome. it's been fun. But yeah. yeah. I mean, just little things like that. That's been a really fun thing that we've added into our office. That's great. Um, well, I've loved this, this conversation and learned a lot. Um, I mentioned at the top that you've got a uh, can't make this shit up moment from this week. Yeah. Let's uh, let's hear about it. It's from today. Well, so I will say it's a it's a a newer agent that mm-hmm. reached out to me. She showed houses. I gave her a lead. So I said, do you want to show houses on Sunday? She said, yes. Okay. So on Monday, she calls me, the agent, the new agent, Jennifer. She calls me and she says, that agent or that she's like, you know, that client that you had me show houses to? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, well, it was interesting. I, I showed her houses and she kept on saying, you know, her husband and her were looking and blah, blah, blah. And her husband had a prequel letter, you know, to purchase the house. Because yeah. we do want we do want to try and see people's prequels before we can show them a house. And that she she could produce it. She had it. Well, Jennifer said, she's like, well, the woman's husband is not really, that's not really her husband. They're together. But 
he's married to somebody else. Mm. And I was like, and she's like, I don't, I didn't know how to kind of handle it. So I was like, <laughs> okay. So I was like, I'll handle it. So I called the lady today. Well, actually, the, the lady called me this morning asking me to now show her houses because Jennifer did not know how to handle it and <laughs> was kind of like, oh. yeah. So I said, well, I, we would, but we have to we have to figure a couple things out. I said, so Jennifer had told me, you know, that you're married or that your husband is actually not your husband, but yet somebody else's husband. And she's like, yeah, it like legally. <laughs> and I'm like, well, legally, that's important. And for you, and here's why. So you do feel bad about this story. I, I really want to help this help the whole situation because it is a bit of a love love triangle here. Yeah. But this woman who is referring to this man as her husband is not. This man who is somebody else's husband, is legally married. And whether they're legally separated or not, I had to explain to this woman, the girlfriend, say, that if this man buys a house, because the, the mortgage, the loan is in his name. He has a prequal letter. He could buy this. The house does not belong at all. The girlfriend has zero rights to this home. What this man is doing is buying a house and this wife, this estranged wife, I don't know anything about her, now gets legally in North Carolina, owns 50% of that house. Um, in North Carolina, personal property is shared amongst spouses automatically. So it took her a hot second to kind of comprehend this because I'm sure there's a lot going on. Yeah. But I felt horrible for her because she's obviously in a bad space. But or an awkward situation. I should not say bad space. I don't know anything about the relationship. But she's in an awkward situation to where if her if her boyfriend buys a house, he's literally buying the house, and his wife is fifty percent owner of that house, and the girlfriend over there has zero to do with it, nothing to do with it. And even if the the boyfriend bought a house and added her onto the deed, because you can put anybody onto a deed, yeah. You can just add them on. Well, now we would have a love triangle on that deed because we have the girlfriend, yep. the legal husband, and the legal wife. So it was just a lot for her to comprehend and understand because she was not aware of, of that. What did she say and what does she want to do? She was sobbing. Oh. I felt so bad. Like I, I wanted, well, I asked her why he was not divorced. Uh -huh. And for her, I, I said, I don't want an answer, but you should ask yourself. It's been six years, girl. Oh, boy. So let's not talk real estate here. <laughs> let's have a woman to woman. Yeah. He probably ain't leaving her. If he does, then let it happen before you make that commitment of doing a house together. Right. But let's talk about you buying your own house so you can kind of be your own hero here. Because I don't know how it's going to end. And <laughs> we probably won't talk for a hot second. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, she did not understand how personal property works. And I had to explain to her, even if, say, she does say, you know what? This is ridiculous. I am a badass woman, and I am going to buy this house on my own. Okay. Awesome. She can buy that house on her own. And then, say, two years down the road, she 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 gets married. Mm -hmm. 
that person that she marries is now 50% owner automatically of that house that she bought single. Yeah. So people don't understand that. You know, in North Carolina, you can own a house single and then get married. And that person does not, you don't need to put, because she kept saying, well, he never, he bought the house by himself. No, he got a loan by himself. Right. He bought a house married and that your spouse is automatically added to that deed. The only way they're not on that deed is if they do a free trade agreement or a quick claim deed to remove them. Yeah. So just don't mistake a deed alone and alone being like, well, she's not even, she doesn't even own the house. No, she's not on that loan, meaning she's not financially strapped to that. Yeah. But she's still on that deed. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure you have a lot of these stories. <laughs> yeah, it was a sad one because emotionally she was just drained, and yeah. I, is she really? I don't, I don't think that she's had that aha moment that it's hit her yet. That yeah, she needs to maybe rethink her life. What part of your job, or what part of an agent's job, is therapist? A and, lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, buying and selling a house is super emotional, right? right? So people have meltdowns and. I'll let them go on like their emotional roller coaster because it's never going to be like there's going to be a hiccup along the way and somebody's going to have a meltdown. If you from searching from listing a house to closing or from buy, like finding a house to buy to closing, there will be one meltdown yeah. with with a client. And I'm just like I'm going to let you ride that emotional roller coaster. I'm going to stay here and wait for you to get off. And when you get off that emotional roller coaster ride, I will still be here and then we can figure out how to problem solve. Mm-hmm. But I am not riding that emotional roller coaster with you. Yeah. So you go ahead, you ride it, yep. and then I'll be right here waiting to problem solve with you when you get off. That sounds very similar to wedding planning. <laughs> yeah. And my my wife and I, or my wife and you, have a lot of stories to to, to tell. Wedding planning—that yeah. is something. Yeah, definitely. I would. Yeah, she. she I bet I want to hear her come on for her, just a whole segment of can't make this shit up. Yes. <laughs> she has a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I always said that she needs to write a book and, yeah. and tell tell her stories. Because it's uh, emotional. Mm-hmm. Anything that's emotional. Yeah. You know, you know what's not emotional, which is um, commercial and investment real estate. Oh, yeah. It's zero emotion. It's not their money. It's, it's, it's somebody, like, probably similar to, like, corporate events. Right. It's nobody's money, right? It yep. just happens to be on a Amex black card or something. Yep. So, totally zero different. emotion, zero, yeah. Yeah. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Yeah, giving thanks us for the, having me. Giving us the <laughs> tips. Um, and for everybody watching, for everybody listening, make sure you follow along on social media at House Hunt with Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, and go to adcockrealty.com. I'm Jason Gillikin, and for Kelly Dubois, we'll see you next time on, on the Real Estate Podcast.